0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's BYTE.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with BYTE.
1: You're listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, a Texas Tech athletics podcast where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael.
2: All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23
3: First No Podcast.
2: I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Michael, what's up, man?
3: Well, I'm uh, heading north. I'm driving to Wyoming as we speak. Just just getting ready. Just getting the lay of the land. Trying to figure it out. Our attention is solely on the Wyoming Cowboys football team football and the well and i guess the track team we don't want to leave anybody out
2: yeah they are they do uh they do have some competition left this summer
3: but baseball is done sadly baseball is done it is over
2: we'll talk about how that season came to a close and look uh just high level look at the the stats how the season finished give you a little context what the other seasons most recent seasons look like and if you think this year was as good or maybe as bad as, as you maybe think we'll have some, uh, context for you. Um, in other silly news, we advanced into another round of the pod poll logo tournament. We took down guys in ties Uh, And now we are up against the Go Big Red podcast, a uh, Nebraska Cornhuskers production. And we need your help. If you're listening to this and it's a Wednesday, get on Twitter. Go to the 23 Personnel Twitter account. You should be following us, but if you're not, at 23 Personnel. And then find where we quote tweeted the bracket and the vote, the poll. Vote for us. We need your support. We are getting demolished.
3: By words inside of a circle, man. Yeah, you know, not to, not to um, belittle or not maybe not belittle, but not to berate the other logo. But yeah, the logo we have is just it's just miles better. Yeah, and and if you're watching on our screen, you can see it right there.
2: Obviously, a hat tip to to Brian Don Carlos, the designer extraordinaire who. Developed our logo as well as several other ones that you know and love within the Staking the Planes content network. You know where to find those guys. stakingtheplains.com, Gambling Gauchos, Red Raider Dugout, Dinger Derby, and Seeing Scarlet. If you're following us on Twitter, it's at 23Personnel. You can follow me, Spencer, at Suck. Michael, at Michael underscore LBK. Sorry about my chair. I don't, it's just, this thing creaks. It's getting worse. Creaks louder and louder every day. And it's not, excuse me, not an indication of, uh, of the, uh, I could not think of a a word to what I was going to say. It's not a reflection of me. No, no, it's not a reflection of me. I'm actually losing weight. There you go. But it's getting worse. The the chair. So, I don't know. Don't want to tell you about it. Anyways, Making I'm the, making the, the chair's job easier. Chair's job easier. And it's just groaning louder and louder. It's time for a new one.
3: It's just being honoring. Yeah, so we'll do uh we'll do baseball.
2: There's uh nothing else we want to talk about, basketball, football. We'll get to what what do we learn and uh get you into the uh twenty three personnel off season because that's that's where we're headed. You know and love it. The off season here is wonderful. Time to spend with family and friends and out on the patio in the road with loved ones on a on a trip. Yeah. Anyways. Uh let's uh let's dive into some baseball, Michael.
3: Yes, for one one last time.
2: Ah. <laughs> <sighs>
1: so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Left field. Well struck. Deslone picks it up on a bounce. He's racing for second some time because all the two wow this one launched teeth left off the bat of Warren and into the bleachers there he goes and the pitch is driven. Higher.
2: Yeah, unfortunately, Texas Tech is not packing for Omaha in 2023. We are... Uh, we're sitting at home. We just finished up a, a regional appearance in Gainesville versus uh, Florida, UConn, and Florida a and Essentially, you played a, a three-game series, a super regional, Basically with uh, Florida, you played them Saturday, Sunday and Monday, losing the last two to be eliminated. but game one, you took down the Yukon Huskies three to two. Um, you took the lead early, took you got a a run in the first, tacked on two more in the fifth. Yukon um, did not score to the bottom of the seventh and that was it uh Mason Molina got the start um he was fantastic. I don't I don't want to yeah. all the all the strategery that we had talked about last week about possibly switching up the pitching rotation um one Molina was was fantastic on Friday uh and then Kyle Robinson who started game 2 versus Florida was also similar similarly fantastic uh had that performance not gone well it, you could have been like yep see we should we, we should go with Molina second but Robinson did fantastic on Saturday we'll we'll stick with Molina first though he went six innings one hit both of the runs that UConn scored were attributed to Molina and they were both earned two walks to 10 strikeouts uh on 91 pitches Brandon Beckel comes in, goes two more innings, two hits, one strikeout. Josh Sanders gets the ninth and the save. 11 pitches for the inning of work he put in with one strikeout. Uh, against UConn, you went after the, their their best starter, which we point out quickly. He, he chased him in the fifth. Uh, four and a third for him, seven hits, three runs, all earned, two walks, five strikeouts. Um offensively, uh Nolan Hester was not was not your guy <laughs> to to you know kind of un uncharacteristic for him. Um he went o for four, but Gage Harrelson two for five, Kevin Bazell two for five, Austin Green, uh one for four, Gavin Cash O for five. Um you were able to get things done around some of the, the key guys um not performing at the plate you certainly needed that offense the rest of the weekend. Um, you scored three runs on Friday, five on Saturday, and then just one more the rest of the way out. Uh, game two, the Saturday game, the first game, first matchup you had with Florida was a fun one. I'll, I'll say that Florida took the lead. Uh, they were actually the visiting team with how their schedule broke down. um, They were the visitors, so they took the lead top of the fourth with a run. You responded bottom of the fourth with two of your own, and you added one more in the fifth to be up three to one. Florida ties it the top of the sixth, three, three, and then bottom of the eighth, you put up two of your own. uh, And then you handed Slater, their pitcher for Florida, um, his only loss of the season. He is yeah, nine and nine
3: one and one um, crazy and Gavin cash big, big bounce back day for the, for the young man.
2: Yeah. Cash went uh three for four with three RBI. Those three RBI came off of two separate home runs. It's a solo shot. And then a two run shot, uh, Austin green, Soloed no, sorry. He led off the scoring. The the first scoring for Texas Tech came from an Austin Green home run, two run shot. Uh on the two, four, six, eighth, tenth pitch of his at bat. He was really working. I think that was the thing that they um we saw that was successful when when Texas Tech was was able to to get into long at bats to get their pitchers to throw a lot of pitches. Uh, you were finding success. Um, Cash comes up, first pitch, swing in, and the fifth hits a home run. It's a solo shot. Um, un, like it's not really that, that big of a surprise, but Caglinone came up in the bottom of the sixth, sorry, top of the sixth, ties it with a home run. I had not really seen him play before this. His swing looked effortless, man. It never looked like, and and, and the home runs he hit, they weren't like towering shots either. They were just like, they didn't look like, it didn't look like he had great contact on the pitch. Like he was out of position. He's kind of reaching for it, but still with his strength was able to put the ball over the wall. Cash though did respond. Uh, These, these guys were, were fighting for the, uh, the home run crown, if you will, throughout the season. Uh Caglino, I think at the end of the week had 31, which is just absolutely ridiculous. Um Cash did, like I said, respond in the bottom of the eighth, hit a hit a shot over the wall in the center field. Um scoring Vuletic, so two run shot there. Florida was able to get one back in the ninth, but uh you were able to to finish that out. Um Beckel pitched again on Saturday. He didn't go very, you know, very long. Well, um, I say that he went two innings on Friday, then came back on Saturday and gave you uh, two thirds of an inning. So he finished out the ninth. But Kyle Robinson, your starter, five innings pitched, four hits, two runs, both of them were earned, two walks, four strikeouts. Um, he looked really, really good. Ryan Free came in in relief after him. Two innings, two hits, one run, three strikeouts. Ethan Coombs came in for his inning of work. He was the pitcher of record when he took the lead, so he gets credit for the win. Um, no hits, no runs, one walk, two strikeouts. Derek Bridges comes in and records an out. Throws like a season-high pitches with 12. <laughs> his one out, um, the one out that he recorded. He did face two, two batters. But gave up a hit and a run. Uh, Beckel comes in to close it out. A hit, no runs um, to get the final two outs. So for his seventh save of the season. Sproat was the Florida starter. Uh, maybe their best guy. Six innings, four hits, three runs. All three of those earned two strikeouts. Sorry, two walks to seven strikeouts. Offensively, like I said, you um, a little bit better. Nolan Hester went one for three um, with a walk. Uh Gage went 0 for 3. Bazell went one for 3. Hudson did not have a great weekend. Hudson White 0 for 4. Austin Green was 1 for 4. Vulitej 1 for 4. Gavin Cash took up all the all the hits apparently 3 for 4. Um interestingly, I I don't know. I, I didn't hear anything um confirmed, but uh Will Burns got the start at shortstop every game this weekend. Uh you did not see Tracer Lopez. Um, I'd we'd heard that it was possible just, uh, lingering health issues, wasn't able to go, but, um, Burns did fill in there for him. So Sunday you get around, you are awaiting the winner of Florida Yukon. You are one win away from advancing to a super as a three seed on the road and the number two national seeds home park. Uh, Florida does take care of UConn and come back to play a double header on Sunday to face you. Um, you feel pretty good about your, your spot, right? You're, you're, you're facing Florida's fourth starter. We talked about them having three legit guys, uh, and they threw their, their three guys, uh, and you saw one of them, uh, and you, you, you beat them. um, so you felt pretty good about it. Um, Zane Petty is your starter on Sunday. And like, it sucks that the the performance you got from Zane Petty, may, maybe his best of the year, uh, you lose the game. Uh, and you lose it because the offense was just, well... You had seven hits, but you were only able to get one run through uh, across. Um, Petty goes five full innings, gives up only three hits, one run, and it was earned, one walk, one strikeout. Uh, And that one run, um, Caglion hit a RBI single and scored a guy uh, in the sixth. Like... Um, you, yeah, that's what it was. This game, Zane, like you were, you were rolling on no header, no hitter. Um, the, the, the perfect game (laughs) had been wiped out. You had a, you had a hit by pitch and a walk earlier. Um, but like, you know, so for Florida and the first, ground out, line out, strike out. In the second, pop up, walk, fly out, fly out. In the third, fly out, fly out, hit by pitch, line out. In the fourth, line out, ground out, pop up. In the fifth, sorry. There was the the, the the first hit was was in the fifth. Um, Heyman h- hits a, a single. shellnut flies out, and then Halter hits into a double play and then in the sixth the wheels fall off man um you give up a double uh sorry a single then a double uh, jace lopez comes in you get a fielder's choice but then uh the batter advances to second um sorry this was the play where you recorded two outs at home so they had runners on second and third he hits a ground ball um to bazell bazell goes home with it they get the the runner from third out then they throw uh the ball to the shortstop who's covering second uh and they get the batter so langford they get him in a rundown basically between first and second but as they're doing that, the runner that was originally on second base has rounded third and is heading home cash throws it home and you get the second out at home. So you get two outs on the play. Um, and you're feeling pretty good. Like you, you kept them from scoring. You had, they had guys, excuse me, second and third, nobody out. And then you get two outs at home and they have a runner at second. And then, and then it's, Caglione singles and and the guy from second scores and then Caglione advances to second a wild pitch. Um, Then you get an infield single and then a throwing error. Caglione scores. You get a walk, a walk, You load the bases and you single from the right fielder shell nut who scores two. Uh, And that ends Lopez's day. Lysick comes in, walks his first batter uh, and then gets the the pop up. So over that. Course of the inning, they score four runs on five hits, and leave the bases loaded. Um, but you weren't able to do anything at the plate. This game, um, you end up losing this game, seven to one. Um, you're you're pitching at the time that that happened when when you went down. Um, you threw in Lysic, who went two and a third, uh, and then Damian Bravo. I know some guys were were, were saying that they were uh, pitching to lose that game. Um, but when you're down as much as you were, I mean, because when Bravo comes in um, and he gets an inning, but he he gives a one one hit, but three three runs on four walks, it's almost the exact same line he gave up when he was in a the ninth inning of A and M. Um I don't know you you want to you want to you wanna save your best arms, right like you, you want to have your shot when when the game's close,
3: uh and it was not close on yeah, Sunday he hadn't pitched he hadn't pitched in a month, I think, pretty much when he came in, so it was it went about as well as everyone thought that, that it would, but I'm, I'm with you it's at that point, I think you're just you're just still playing baseball, you never know. If Bravo had come out and done something brilliant, there's no telling. But it just doesn't help that uh you have seven hits on the day. Uh Florida just apparently grows pitchers on trees, on the palm trees down there. I don't know what they yeah. do. They just – they they played – they had two pitchers that day. I think you may have already talked about it, but Fisher went six innings and – no seven innings. And Neely went two. You know, this is their – fourth game in 3 days and they just used two pitchers.
2: And they used two pitchers in the first game on that day too on Sunday. They used yeah. four total pitchers in two games.
3: So not only are they using less pitchers per game they're better. And it's yeah. just kind of, and it's kind of like well well then what? You know what what what's text chances here it kind of makes sense that this might be the number 2 team in the country. But these this offense, uh, to see it just get shut out, basically, on Sunday and Monday, spoiler alert, it was just brutal. That part was probably the worst part to watch. The pitching, you know, back and forth. By that point, I think everybody kind of knew what to expect, but there was still hope that the offense would come alive. And uh, Florida's pitching just, I think, proved to be better than we we even could have thought,
2: <laughs> yeah. I, I I didn't think they were going to be that good. Um, and that's you know,
3: for that, that long. happens. <laughs> you know, for for that many games in a row, just back to back to back. All right, we're going to trot out. You know, they 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 actually pitched three guys on Monday. How dare they! But
2: and and the guys that crazy the, the guys they threw on Monday were guys you had already seen. Yeah. Slater, the guy that you gave him his first loss of the season, came out and started for them and went five full innings. On only 56 pitches. You know why? Because you had no approach on Monday. No, you looked defeated coming into the game. I don't understand. Yeah. Like, the the mentality of this team, I don't know if they were... If they... I don't know. I, I don't know. Pitching-wise, uh, you started Jacob Rogers. Um, watching him pitch, he looked a lot better than his line is going to sound. Like... I promise you like watching him pitch, Jacob Rogers will probably be one of your weekend starters next year. And, and he will be like a really good one. He went, he went three innings on Monday, three hits, one run. It was earned one walk, four strikeouts. Um, Josh Sanders came in like the guys that you threw on Monday. I have no, like, I have no problem with them. Like, like, Rogers would have been like a head scratcher, maybe except you were on your fourth game of the weekend when you have one starter. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you went to Sanders who had already thrown really well this weekend. Beckel had, this was his third appearance in four games. Uh, and he, he was, he looked good until this day until Monday. But like I said, it was his third game in four days. Ryan free came in uh, and then Ethan Coombs got the final out. Um, they were there were just lots of times when you were on the field uh defensively, it just felt like it was teetering on on just like an absolute collapse. Um, and it happened when Beckel was on the mound in the what's that, the sixth, the fifth. Um Beckle had probably his worst inning ever. One one full inning, four hits, three runs, two of them were earned, two strikeouts. Um Florida scores one in the third, two in the fourth, three in the fifth. Um, and even that kind of felt gracious. (laughs) It felt like you were like, it could have been a whole lot worse. Yeah. Cause Beckel came in for, uh, for Sanders, you were down three, nothing. Um, four starts off the inning, reaches on an error. Then that, that guy steals second. um, you get their their home run hitter caglino to strike out uh rivera singles scores a guy from from second uh ryopel homers uh then you get a strikeout a single another single guys on he got first and third and then you get a, you know a ground out there to end the inning but like three innings in a row where Florida was able to get guys on and, and and move them around. Um, it just felt like, like every inning defensively for you, you were just like, how is this going to get worse? And and not like, like you were committing a lot of errors or, or whatever, like you were, but the Florida offense never disappeared this weekend. Um, when you played them, I mean, they scored four, seven and six runs. You scored five runs. That was your high water mark for the weekend um, against Florida. But that was a, a, on three. of Those runs came on two. Gavin Cash home runs. Without Cash, um, I mean, two five. You scored six runs on the weekend without Gavin Cash hitting home runs. It's
3: not a lot for yeah. four games. Well, and he was he was over in in um the first and last game of the weekend. I think. Just in general. Let's see, uh,
2: cash in the Monday game.
3: Where is he? Yep, it was zero for four on Monday. Yeah, and zero for five on Friday. So, not to name names. Sorry. No, I'm. I'm not saying. Uh, I'm not saying
2: just, this was, was. This was on, on cash. This is on absolutely not. On the offense. Yes. Um, I think pitching wise, like s- giving up seven runs on Sunday, like you feel like that would kind of be stretching what like you would expect your offense to be able to cover. You would have put a lot more pressure on them had you scored more than one run, and then you were blanked on on Monday. You looked like absolutely lost. You were swinging and getting just absolute weak contact on a pitcher you'd already seen. You'd already seen his stuff. And he went only an inning the first time you saw him, but then he goes, you're able, he's able to stretch it to five full innings. Um,
6: Visit Hyundaiusa.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: So I want to talk about the the how the year in stats shaped up. And I don't know uh what your your notions are for this season, if it were like how it how it compares to the previous few seasons. I'm I'll share those with you. I am not counting 2020 at all. That was just because of the shortened season and just it, it didn't make sense to include it. But I went back five years to 2018. Um, so this year, obviously, you, you you finished the year 41 and 23 offensively. Uh, it was your best year. Sorry, in terms of batting average, it was your best year uh, since 2018. Your your team batting average of 303 was the highest since 2018, which was 309. Your on base percentage highest in five years since 2018. It was 410 this year. It was 418 in 2018 slugging percentage was the highest of all of these years you scored the most runs since 2018 you hit the most home runs out of any of the years um and then stolen bases i I think we understand we're a little bit lower um but considering what we talked about with texas tech not stealing a bunch of bases because they, they hit for power this year i will point to 2018 and say actually that was a crock of shit Because 2018, (laughs) you hit for better average, you had a better on-base percentage, your slugging percentage was three thousandths of a a percent lower this, sorry, it was 503 in 2018, 506 this year, you attempted 100 stolen bases in 2018, 164 more stolen base attempts than you did this year, and you were 77 of 100 in 2018, 28 of 36. Um, last year, it's a huge improvement offensively. You were, you know, 290 last year to 303. You on, you on base of 400 slugging percentage went from 486 to 506. Uh, runs was a little bit better. You went from 506 to 519. You hit 10 more home runs this year than you did last year. Uh, you attempted about the same number of stolen bases. You were 34, of 39 last year. So for whatever reason, you're just not attempting stolen bases. That's not a part of your 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 game plan because 2018 you had 100 attempts 2019 you had 83 2021 you had 57 22 you had 39 this year you had 36 a constant trend downward in number of attempts um and it doesn't really correlate with your on-base percentage sorry your slugging percentage we I this year, it it did look like there was a correlation between your on base. Sorry, I keep saying that between your slugging percentage and your stolen base attempts. And I, I found some anecdotal evidence to to support that when I said, "Hey, look, LSU hits for a lot of power too, and they they don't steal a lot of bases." But you've got teams within the past five years, um, that are within you know a few points slugging percentage wise and you you attempted 64 fewer stolen bases. Um you had better average, better power, like more runs, you had fewer, you had 10 fewer home runs 2018 to 2023. But you scored more runs in 2018 than you did this year. Probably could have made that up in a, you know, and and winning a regional and playing for a super regional cuz that 2018 team played in Omaha. Uh, so you scored more runs per game uh, in 2023 than he did in 2018. Defensively, pitching, not surprising here. It's the worst year you've had in a long time. Your ERA was the highest of these five years. Uh, only only a couple hundredths of a point higher than last year, 499 to 497. Your whip was higher at 150 this year. You gave up 381 runs you walked a ton of batters, 302 batters. You struck out 589 and then you gave up a a metric ton of home runs. 72 home runs this year and opponents batted 253 against your your team. These are team pitching numbers. Five, sorry, 253 opponent batting average. Uh, Like I said, last year you had 497 ERA, but your whip was a little bit lower, 141. Uh, Only gave up 324 runs, 234 walks to 302 this year, 608 strikeouts last year, 61 home runs given up, but the opponent batting average was 254, so a thousandth of a point higher. 2021, your ERA was 430, 2019 was 401, 2018, uh, like we, I was just talking about how good offensively, defensively, um, pretty similar to, to, to this year not i mean 448 ERA uh 1.52 whip this year was a 1.50 you gave up 330 runs that year so 50 fewer runs in 2018 um you had 35 more walks in 2018 uh did your pitching staff give up you had 24 fewer strikeouts in 2018 than you did this year you gave up 39 home runs 2018 to the 72 you gave up this year. Point batting average is 246.
3: Yeah, that stat is it's kind of like the stolen bases, it's trending in the wrong direction. Maybe not the wrong direction for stolen bases, that's kind of a matter of preference or strategy, but home home runs you definitely don't want to go from you know 39 in 2018, 35, 48, 61, 72 this year. It's you know you, you put this together and the on paper which is always the caveat of everything as good as that 2018 team was uh, this 2023 team was very close mhm uh, i mean the the pitching I, I guess would be the biggest disparity but the hitting was very very similar uh you know more home runs even but just the, the pitching i would say it almost evens out yeah the four 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 eight e r a is is not great but they also had you know thirty five more walks in twenty eighteen uh and this is with you know a handful of more games what is it not really sixty five no just one more game so i i came in here thinking i'm really not disappointed in how the regional went uh, I was you know kind of bullish and thinking that well if they win Friday they're going to win Saturday. It happened, but I think that was just blind luck on my part. I didn't have any insider wisdom there. But you know you see these numbers and you think, "Dang. Maybe they just maybe they just got in the wrong regional. Maybe that's all it was. They just got in the wrong regional. They could have gotten out of a different one. Uh Florida was just too good, too deep of a Uh, bullpen and just this offense that has been so productive all year and has been you and it is your most productive offense since 2018. Couldn't scratch a run on the board if their life depended on it on Sunday or Monday. Just bad timing maybe, or just a really good pitching staff.
2: It's probably both and and I hesitate to to keep going back to this well especially as a as an umpire myself but the umpires you saw the home plate umpires you saw were they had some questionable strike zones in Gainesville
3: <laughs> yeah i was listening to the last game so i didn't get to see it but i saw a lot of comments going yeah this guy's ready to go home so I'm I'm assuming there's uh, there's some at, truth there because I saw it from a lot of people, and at that point like, you just kind of have to adjust. Like you
2: you know, I hear so many times like you need to adjust the umpire, like you need to adjust to the umpire. If you are calling a bigger zone, then you you as a batter need to be a little more aggressive. Um, if he's calling a tighter zone, then then you're okay. You know, trying to sit back and make sure that the, that the pitcher is, is, is perfect. They were calling absolutely massive strike zones in Gainesville, and our our batters set, sat there and watched a lot of called strikes. Um, right or wrong, like you 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 as a player can't change what the umpire is doing. You can change what you're doing to the umpire. Um, saying that I you know I we know that Eric Gutierrez was ejected. Um. What was that game? Was that the Saturday game? And he missed. He missed Sunday and was back on Monday. So it was Saturday. Um, back to back at bats for Kevin Bazell ended up on strikeouts on full counts, where the ball was off the plate on, on on opposite ends too. Like one was well outside, one was way inside. And I had screenshots and I posted it on Twitter and it's like. Like you can tell why there was frustration. The the first time it happened, like he was, he was visibly frustrated. This is a guy that's been ejected before for arguing balls and strikes with the umpire. Mm -hmm. Um, so when it happened the second time Gutierrez came down, you, you could tell from his non reaction to him being ejected. He said something knowing he was going to be ejected or that at least that was very possible because there was no reaction from Gutierrez when he was ejected. And I think it's because he was expecting it, and I think it was because also he went in there like he didn't he didn't break up Bazell and the home plate umpire, but he was standing up for him. I, I think he,
3: I think he was he was seeing where it was going and probably thought, okay, let's let's have them eject me instead of you. Yeah, like, <laughs> y'all can y'all can do without me, but uh, we really need you, Kevin.
2: He. Um, Sorry, I, I, I lost my train of thought there. But yeah, like you can have the team rally behind like, okay, he got an ejection for us or he said something that I was going to say and I just felt like I couldn't say it and he went ahead and said it. Um, kind of funny that Tadlock put Molina out there at first base. Uh, he had pitched the day before, so he was obviously not available. Um, and you're out of coaches I I don't think you could you could have put another coach out there in place of a a, an ejected coach so like maybe you had to go to a a player I mean Gardner or uh J-Bob I guess could have stood out there unless J-Bob's on third I I I can't remember with with how Tadlock had had flipped around who was coaching third um but I, I don't Actually, know the rules for for NCAA baseball. Like, if you're allowed, if a coach is ejected, if you can replace him with another coach on the field, or if it has to be a player. Either way, it was Molina, uh, and then on on uh, on Sunday it was Tracer Lopez, which was again uh, kind of funny to see. But Gutierrez faced his little one game suspension was back there for Monday, uh, and then you did see uh, Tadlock when the game was was kind of out of hand there at the end. He was putting in guys that hadn't played a lot, uh, especially recently. You know. Drew Woodcox got a pinch hit. Uh, Ty Coleman got a pinch hit. Uh, and Coleman w- worked a walk on on a, on a time when the home plate umpire could have just had a huge zone and just struck him out. Because there were some close pitches. Or pitches that I was expecting to be, um, to not be called balls with the way that the game was going and how the zone had been that week, you know, the rest of the weekend. But mm-hmm. 2024 baseball, Michael, I think could have a lot of promise. I think. Oh, yes. it, one is going to depend on how how the draft ends up this weekend. This weekend. This summer. Um, how your roster is managed. Uh, you know, if you get guys back that have contributed, that will continue to develop. Um, or if you're if you churn the roster a little bit and and you you know you're out recruiting some of the positions that you had hoped, guys that didn't get to play much or at all uh, back from injury. Um, you know, don't know what the season would have looked like with, uh, those two infielders you lost before the season to, to season ending injuries. And one was a career ending injury. You'll get Will Sanders, Will Sanders, Travis Sanders. You'll get Travis Sanders back from injury. Um, guys like Trenton Parrish who couldn't pitch the past two weekends of the season. He'll be back. Jacob Rogers, I think could be, be a real big piece for your, your your weekend rotation i i I think he could be a really good weekend starter for you um i have to go back and, and check eligibility i think molina should be back um petty and erdman should be back as starting pitchers uh then i have to go back and look at like i said eligibility for guys in the bullpen um you wish that, like, you could find another year for uh, for Nolan Hester, just the way that the impact he had on this team. Um, but that's exactly the kind of influence and uh, impact you had hoped when you recruited him as, as a fifth-year senior. Uh, he stepped in day one and did everything right and was just a blast to, to be around. But then you got guys like, um, like Gage Harrelson um, and... Gavin Cash, Will Burns, Tracer Lopez, um, Hudson White, Dylan Maxey, um, all those guys could be like just a a a huge piece. Kevin Bazell, I don't know why I forgot him um, to the core of of, of, of a really good twenty twenty four baseball team. And I don't want to. I don't want to. trivialize or I don't want to reduce the impact that the seniors had. Uh when you look at guys like Ty Coleman and Dylan Carter and and, and Vuletic, especially later on the season, because Vuletic was 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 really hot uh there late. But that list of seniors that you're you're saying goodbye to, like, you look at their time and, and innings played late in the season, you're like, well, they weren't they weren't like top contributors. So in terms of seniors lost, like, you know, as much as they were part of the team, like you're not feeling like you're, you're, you're creating a huge hole with their absence. Um, and like I said, going back to the eligibility goes at guys that are draft eligible, that may get picked up, uh, and then may leave, um, to chase professional ball guys that may leave to, to, to look for playing opportunities elsewhere. So, We'll see how the, the summer shakes down the, the roster. But 2024, as of June 6, 2023, could be a pretty good baseball team.
3: Yeah, this is the result of having that young team that we, or I kind of realized we had halfway through the season and thought, okay, this is, there's good and bad with this. Uh, but I think we're kind of on that. We, we've reached the good part now. You know, the season's over. Everyone can take a breath. Uh, I I would be surprised if a lot of these guys end up on draft boards because of their age. I mean, they, they are really young and some of them unfortunately kind of fell off towards the end of the year Uh, that probably hurt whatever stock they had. So, but they're still good players and it's just a matter of being able to retain these guys, have them come back. We're, we're kind of in the, hopefully the, the upward trend of this and you know, this team that, a lot of people seem down on still won 41 freaking games mm-hmm. still went to a regional, went toe to toe with the number two team in the country and just came up short in their house. Um, I, I think it's really a Testament to what this team can do. And I, I, I get people being disappointed, but I'm, I i do not fully understand it. Um, you know, I, I didn't think it was, I think making the tournament at all, by the end of the year was a, a a huge show of uh you know resilience of that team to put up a good showing on those first two games in uh you know the big 12 tournament but i just kind of thought tech was playing with house money at that point to be able to get to a regional at all and then to go two an zero and and kind of get our hopes up again so i am rambled a little bit but you know this young team it's good for it's maybe not good for our uh blood pressure but it's good for us as fans to see this team grow right before our eyes and hopefully line up to really do something special next year
2: yeah so Speaking of the young team, I, I want to read off the guys that are on the roster. So realize that there are guys that are injured, like Travis Sanders, that aren't listed on the roster because they they were they were removed from the roster because they weren't going to be able to play this year to make room for other guys. Guys that are on the roster that are not draft eligible. So guys that should be back unless they they transfer: Gage Harrelson, Tracer Lopez, Jarek Curtis, Cade McGar, Will Burns, Dylan Maxey, Tabor Fast, Damian Bravo. Zane Petty, Jacob Rogers, Zach Erdman, uh, Nolan Foster. I don't think we've, we saw him, Jack Livingstone, Kevin Bazell, Hudson White, Gavin Cash, Mason Molina, Owen Washburn, Trenton Parish, Ryan Brome, Kyle Robinson, Brendan Lysick. Guys that are draft eligible, um, the Brennan Girton, Dylan Carter, Andrew Devine, Austin Green, uh, these will be redshirt sophomores and juniors, so they don't technically—they're not out of eligibility just yet. But guys that are draft eligible: um, Dax Dathy, Jace Lopez, Brandon Brandon Beckel. I would not expect him to come back. Derek Bridges, Ryan Free, Drew Woodcox, and Josh Sanders. I don't know if I'd expect Josh Sanders back either. Um, and then your seniors: Zach Vulitech, Ty Coleman, Bo Blessy, Garrett Crowley, Nolan Hester, Ethan Coombs.
3: Solid. I'd take it. So uh
2: Washburn, I believe his brother is still around or maybe still may still have eligibility. Um when well, they transferred him from Ole Miss and was injured before the season started. Obviously, we talked about Travis Sanders, the second baseman. And I'm blank on his name because we just we just never n- never saw him. Uh never heard from him with the career-ending injury. Um but that's a great group of guys to, to build around you like you've got it you've got a team there you've got outfielders infielders pitching staff um i would love to see like guys playing in and more of their natural positions I, i'd want to see if kevin bazell could slide back behind the plate and, and get back to catching uh i don't know if that means you you need to move hudson white into an infielder spot um i know travis sanders was supposed to be taking down an infield spot Um. Gage Harrelson, I would suppose, would take over center field full-time if Dylan Carter's not here. Jarrett Curtis, I think, would take down a corner spot. Um, you've got guys that played some or, or, or played a lot. They can just find a spot for Cade McGar. Will, Will Burns played a lot of shortstop, obviously, this weekend. Um, Tabor Fast is still listed as a two-way player. Damian Bravo is listed as a two-way player. Um. Owen Washburn is listed as a two-way player, but I don't think I've ever seen him pitch for Texas Tech. So Ryan Brome could could step into a, more of a you know full-time role, but and then you'll have all the all the new guys you know transfers in uh, and the the high school class. So
3: you think some of them are going to miss their prom?
2: I think some of them did miss their prom, Michael.
3: What about next year? What about guys that aren't even here yet that are gonna miss their prom next year?
2: You know, it's possible. I think uh that you saw that you you had two guys do it this year, that you may be a little more willing to take that that uh that that route. But uh if it happens, I'm sure that we'll talk about it every time they come <laughs> up to bat. Please. That this guy should still be in high school, should be getting ready for his prom. Um, yeah. just
3: every single man, this guy should be uh on spring break. This guy should be uh, in off-season basketball <laughs> or
2: whatever. Getting ready for graduation. Newsflash, most most of the baseball players miss their, their high school graduations anyways because if they're any good, they're still playing uh, when their high school graduates. So,
3: This guy should be on his Washington, D.C. field trip. He sold a bunch <sighs> of candy bars. He should be with his orchestra or with the band <laughs> going to Florida. He should yeah. he should be tuning his fugal horn right now. That and yet here realism. he is.
2: Playing in the Big 12 tournament.
3: Yes. It's 340. He under the under the major league lights. He should be high jumping right now in Hamlin, Texas. But no. He's, no. he's playing in the Shriner classic as the Red Raiders get swept again. Gosh. Don't put that on us, Michael. Sorry. It's just it's just not our it's not our thing. I don't know what it is. We don't we don't like to play in baseball in February. It's just it's if you're just gonna hard. play baseball in February, you might as well play it indoors, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just you know what? That's fine. That's just a that's just a, a write-off for us. It's not a big deal.
2: All right. So disappointing end of the season kind of a frustrating season like it, it it never felt like you got going um we talked about as we were getting through it like your conference standings you finished what 6 and 2 in your conference series you, you obviously lost the one to texas you lost to to west virginia yeah but it ended up and then you lost to kansas state i think you lost the series to kansas state so you were 5 and 3 You're five and three in your conference series, but you're 500 in in conference play. Uh, Sixth in the conference this year. Uh, You play a lot of young guys. Your your pitching rotation could never get that settled outside of Molina. Um, You had guys flex up and down throughout the bullpen with, you know, mainstays of of, of Beckel and Free and uh, Sanders. Um. Robinson went from starter to bullpen to starter. Um, some of that is on, on, on injury, but I don't know how much I'll, I'll believe uh, Tim Tadlock when he comes in this spring and says, we've got six starters. Sure you do, pal. Sure you do.
3: <laughs> then let's roll.
2: Anyways, um, so yeah, that that that's a, that's a wrap on the 2023 baseball season. Un- unfortunate that you couldn't make it out of the regional. It was going to be tough, anyways. But uh, when you got to two and zero, felt like you had a great shot at it. Um, but Florida, being the team that they are, had the arms, had the talent and depth that you couldn't overcome. So it happens. Baseball sucks that way sometimes. Texas Tech sports sucks that way sometimes. You get sucked in and you believe and. and Things happen uh, in the opposite direction. So, are you at all interested in any super regionals and college world series, Michael?
3: No, but I haven't pulled up. I could I could roll through who's playing where or who's playing who. Okay, let's Uh, uh, let's
2: do that just just real briefly before we we wrap up with baseball.
3: Okay, Uh, number one, Wake Forest is hosting Alabama. Uh, Let's see. Stanford is hosting Texas. Stanford's hosting, right? Yes. I assume so, because they're number eight. Number five, LSU hosting number 12, Kentucky. The interesting thing about the Texas regional, they eliminated Miami. So Texas went into Coral Gables and took out a top 10 team. Yay. Good for them. Tennessee is hosting Southern Miss. They are at Southern Miss. Oh, they're at Southern Miss. My bad. Southern Miss is Uh, hosting. How about that? Tennessee has to go to Southern Miss. Mm -hmm. Yes. TCU. Snuck in to
2: host a super.
3: Yeah, because of
2: Indiana State. Because they destroyed Arkansas. Let's... Like I don't want to give the frogs props but like I think Arkansas was was the 3 seed. They made Arkansas yes. their bitch.
3: <laughs> so it's good for day? them. Uh the yeah, and in Sycamore's Indiana State I saw that they were hosting a special Olympics event this week so they technically should have been given the chance to host the super regional, but had to duck out just to make sure that that event wasn't, uh, you know, altered or affected in any way. So I, and I, I saw, I forgot what Twitter group it was, but uh, one of the TCU podcasts was encouraging people to donate to the special Olympics, you know, to kind of thank Indiana state and kind of back them up for, not being able to host the regional, uh, the super, even though they should have, or they were actually um, eligible. Let's see. Okay, Oral Bob versus Oregon. So a lot of O's.
2: So Oral Roberts making out of the the Stillwater regional. Stillwater, Oklahoma State, Oof. embarrassed at their own own regional. By they Dallas got bounced.
3: Baptist too, weren't they? Mm-hmm. And Oral Dallas Roberts Baptist just like. Curb stomp them?
2: Yeah. Uh Oregon takes down Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. Yep. To, to host a super. Oregon. I know, I know. I know a lot of people hate Oregon and their their uniforms. One of the games I watched, they're wearing like all gray, but they had their like highlighter yellow numbers. It's like, it's pretty nice. Pretty nice combination. If I'm gonna follow anybody um moving on, it's gonna be Oregon.
3: Yeah, I could see that. I could see following Indiana State or something or maybe Oral Roberts, but uh, I don't really care. Uh, Virginia is taking on Duke. I'm assuming Virginia's hosting.
2: Yes, Virginia's hosting Duke. Duke with the fewest number of wins of any team in the Supers. 38. Texas Tech Tech had... go ahead Duke will need to get to the get need to get to Omaha and win a game in Omaha to pass the number of games that Tech Tech won this season. They will need to win their super and then win a game in Omaha to get to 41 wins
3: and then of course Florida I guess hosting South Carolina yeah I'm not I mean I'll be honest with you I'm Tech's out so I'm kind of out I, I don't think I'm gonna really be. Paying any attention to the Supers. I could get pulled back in when the World Series starts. But um, yeah, probably going yeah, to I'm probably going to go on a sabbatical right now.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, really Wake Forest is interesting.
3: And but again, it, it is. I mean, they're number one somehow.
2: Probably just hang out until we get to the World Series and see
3: what happens in Omaha. Yeah, I'm going to be in Vegas. Not this weekend, but next weekend. So if you need me to put a wager, a legal sports wager down on someone to win the College World Series, I think I will take advantage of some futures. That's for sure. I'm going to see where. I think most places have tech, what, at six and a half or seven and a half wins? I think it's seven and a half. Hammer the over. Hammer the over. Let's go, baby. We're going to win seven and a half home games. We don't even play that many, but that's just how many we're going to win.
2: We're going to, we're going to beat at Oregon. We're going to
3: do it. We're going to win. All right. Uh, well,
2: let's, uh, let's wrap this up. We're okay. going one yeah. sport in baseball. We've, we, we've had an hour. Let's, let's wrap this up. Let's get to what do we learn. Uh, and then we'll get you into the off season, man.
6: Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.
1: Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine.
5: What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one?
0: Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows.
2: What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. My baseball season is potentially over. I, uh, picked up a check and the, the, the tournament coordinator was like, Hey, we got two more days. You should come pick up your check. I was like, so I'm not going to be scheduled for any more games. He didn't respond. I was like, ah, I guess not. Um, which is fine. It's fine. I, I had, I had Monday and Thursday of this week available and, and, and I had committed to only being Monday and Thursday and need to spend time with the family. Uh, And the games Monday got rained out and pushed to today. And I was like, I can't do it today. I got, I got obligations. I got this fine production to put on. I need to do it by 9 p.m. Need to be able to do that. And I'm not home until after 1030 on days that I'm out, I'm firing. So the other, other coordinator said that, uh, all select and all stars, uh, sorry, all stars and maybe sectionals. I mean, I made a call for those are. Our bigger umpire crews, three, four guys. Okay. Uh, so I, I, I may do that, but also we got a lot of stuff going on around our house with our own family. So we already yeah, done. The, just get
3: back to, get back to that. May, may hunker down.
2: Was well, not even hunkering down? Like we just got summer things to do. Like we've been, we've been living up the summer life. We went to, um, went to all hail meets today. Uh, the afternoon I, I, I got to a, a spot in my, my work day. Where I was I'd wrapped up everything and the boys were driving everybody crazy. Like, let's go buy some meat. <laughs> and on the way out there, we went to Sonic and got snacks and treats for everybody. And it was like, we're just doing the summer, I think. Uh, but yeah, I was going to all all hail meats was my first time I went out there. The uh, the cooler, the counter was fairly sparse. And he's like, that's typically how our 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 cooler's gonna look. Um yeah. but he said, yeah. Hey, if you if you've got a if you got a cut in mind. Call me when you get in the car to come this way. We'll have it ready for you. And then a handful of other things he had in the in the the freezer. I will tell you what I picked up, Michael. I picked up a package of jalapeno cheddar sausage. I picked yes. up a package of jalapeno cheddar hamburger patties. Ditto. I picked up a package of dill beef jerky.
3: They were out when I went.
2: <laughs> my my older son came in with me, and he, he was just kind of checking things out and looking at it. like Dad, look at that. Look at that. Look at that. And he saw that, as like, we should try. I was like, yes, we should. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I had him cut me uh, two boneless ribeyes at an oh. inch and a quarter, inch and a half thick. They were monsters. Uh, I wanted bone in. And of course, by the time I got there, and he's like, we already, we already, like, we've got bone in ribeye. But the saw that I need to do things with, with the bone has been taken down for the day. So you can either come back or I can cut you boneless ribeye. I was like, I'll, I'll do boneless. It's fine.
3: Yeah. I'm here. Let's go for it.
2: But he was telling me, like, if you're, if you have a cut that has, you know, a spe- not, not not a specialty cut, but he's like, if you have a a trim or whatever you're looking for that has bone in it, you need to be here before we take the saw apart. Best thing is to call us before you come out and ask us to cut it for you. We'll have it ready.
3: Yeah. That, uh, that day he, he went back there and got the porterhouse for me, it was in the morning.
2: And yeah, so and I was,
3: they were probably late still, afternoon for us. Yeah. They were still getting rolling.
2: So, um, but he said, Hey, if you want like big dino ribs, you know, the big beef ribs is like, let me know. We'll, we'll, we'll cut you a rack of those bad boys. Or if you want something else, especially like you want a porterhouse, yeah. he said those words specifically. I was like, my man came in here last week, got a porterhouse. <laughs> they, they, they had some T-bones sitting out. I was like, I don't want a T-bone. Like if I'm going to do that, I want I want a porterhouse or I want to, I, I don't want, I don't want a tomahawk rib. Eye, I just want bone in. Yeah, just like, I don't want to pay for the bone. Like yeah. the extra 12 inches of bone is not going to help change the flavor of the meat. I'm going to be cutting off the bone anyways.
3: It's all presentation. It's all for salt. So, day.
2: so I got a, I got a couple of steaks for, uh, for the birthday celebration this weekend. Oh. It's my birthday coming up. Of course it is. I'm not telling you what day or what how old, how old I'm going to be, but I'm just Fair enough. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. I'll be 34. Um, if that was a surprise like with all all the white in my beard well wow. i saw my brother for the first time in a while he's like dude like you've got more
3: white hair in your beard than i do i was like that's been the case for a while but yeah thanks for pointing that out it's been going white for a while here's here's a fun here's a fun thing that happened to me or i guess it's fun that it that happened to my wife so she was talking with our neighbor recently and somehow age kind of got brought up and um she said something that, that made my wife ask her, hey, so, well, how old do you think I am? <laughs> and and uh, to my wife's credit, my neighbor thought my wife was a, quite a few years younger than she is. But then at the same note, she thought I was quite a bit older. <laughs> So she thought so she
2: thought there was a big age gap between the two of you.
3: Yeah, yeah. We, we were about ten years apart when in reality we're less than three. And I was like, yeah, that that tracks. Because I remember, uh, you know, as it, when we were dating, Allison would joke about being carted at the movie theater and stuff. Still, and this was, you know, uh, she was mid twenties when we were dating, and I think I was with her one one time when it happened. She was like, oh my God, this really happens. And the whole time I like immediately felt self conscious because I I've always not always, but you know, especially once I lost my hair, I definitely look older than I think. I, I I mean, I think I look older than I am. I'm probably it's probably about to, you know, break even though. But uh anyway, that was just a fun experience for her to realize that our neighbor thought I was older than I was, and they thought she was younger than she was, and that our age difference was much broader.
2: Yeah, Smelly and I are like uh, nine months apart.
3: Ah, see, there you go. So we're the same
2: age now until my birthday, and then I'll be a year older until her birthday in February. But yeah, anyway, so I got some steaks, uh, and I got some stuff to try out on the grill, and the dill, the blackstone, maybe. Uh, Well, well, for for, for sure the burgers. Yeah, Um, I may smoke the sausages, and I may do the. I may finish the steak on the blackstone. So I, yes. I do I do sous vide those bad boys. And That's then I'll probably need to, the way to do it. And then I may I may crisp them up on the Blackstone or I may just put them on a I don't like I don't like finishing finishing them finishing them in the cast iron in the house. It's so smoky. it gets to be too smoky that way.
3: Yeah. So Blackstone anyways. seems like a good way to it seems like a pretty fuel efficient way to do it too as opposed to firing up a charcoal grill to do it or
2: yeah. Cause then like a regular for, propane
3: grill, it probably would use more propane.
2: I don't know about that, but anyways, so that's uh that was my trip out to all hellmates. I'm looking forward to trying that.
3: Yeah. I've got those same burgers. I've got those same sausages. I'm looking forward to that too. We had the summer sausage, which was great. I think it's gone now. We uh, snacked on that a lot this weekend I had the peppered beef jerky, but tell me about the dill. I think. I don't oh know. right, I didn't tell you about that.
2: Um, definitely taste dill pickle. Uh, it yeah. was a strange combination. Uh, it's not off-putting. It's not like it's I'll exactly never, what
3: it sounded like.
2: I'll never do that again. Like I may not buy it again, but I will eat this package
3: and oh yeah, like feel fine about it. Well, I had um, just another another successful run with pre-marinated. Fajita meat. And this you was get it from, even chicken you, breast. You get it from United? I'm not sure. Um my wife came home with it. I don't even know where it came from. And uh I was like, hey, what's something I could grill this weekend? She's like, well, I've got that fajita meat. I was like, done. There we go. Yep. Because I'm just trying to do it at least once now that the weather's nice and everything.
2: And well, you I'm, say uh, that like we're in we're in like a monsoon season. Did you that's know that true. Lubbock had a monsoon season? Because I didn't.
3: Yeah, uh, yeah, we'll we're, talk about that we're in a the middle of it. But I had that on—I forgot what day. it Doesn't matter. And I put—I cooked it on the just the Weber kettle, and you know, of course, did indirect. Set the chicken off to the side, but then I put one chunk of oak on there, like one small chunk of oak, smaller than my fist, because I didn't want to over smoke it, but. I think I nailed it, man. I have to give myself some credit because it was just like a perfectly smoked set of chicken fajitas that that we ate on. And my wife had the great idea. One of the chicken breasts, I didn't, you know, I didn't slice it up for fajitas and left it whole. And I made a really good chicken sandwich for for dinner the next night. Just killed it. Killed it. Cheese. Some of that sweet baby raised chicken sauce, which is kind of a copy of Chick-fil-A sauce or, you know, pretty close. It's tasty. Toast. You got to go toast. And then uh, my mother-in-law threw a party this uh, Saturday night. Just had us over and a bunch of her friends and a bunch of people we hadn't met and they hadn't met us. So it was, it was good to, Get to know some people, but what she did was get Evie May's from United, and she got like a full, the big foil plate of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think there were two half chickens in there, maybe more. So a full chicken, yeah, (laughs) a full chicken. Uh, But I'm not sure if it was the same chicken, so I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to misspeak there. Very important. Uh, pulled pork, brisket, sausage, turkey. I think two whole racks of ribs because she loves ribs. That's like one of her favorite things. Like you had to dig around under the ribs to find the everything else. It was killer, man. And it was from the United Branch of so it. on the
2: 114th and Slide.
3: Yes. So she, um, because it's really close to her house, so she just. Went out there and told him what she needed and they just loaded her up, fixed her up, and it was just as good as further west. Which I'm sorry, Evie the Mays Yawning, is just Evie Maze is just uh, you know, south of Hail Meats. Yeah, I was I
2: <laughs> trying to find all Hail Meats, I actually went to eat Evie Maze first because I I remember them being uh that there was a there was a meat shop over there that was attached to Evie Maze. So I was like, I pulled into the parking lot of Evie Maze, which was awesome. Oh, yeah. Empty. I
3: think they kind of quit doing that. Yeah.
2: Um Not c- they
3: were sold out by that point in the day. But
2: anyways, um yeah, man. I'm I'm looking forward. We have a we have a one. I'm looking forward to trying those uh those cuts of meat possibly as, as soon as this weekend. Uh well, one, the steak will be gone this weekend. Burgers and sausages, I may, I may do that as well this weekend. We have a a block party that we're hosting, co hosting with our neighbors. Oh, that's uh, right. We're doing some burgers and dogs and i may i may throw a couple of these special ones on and just hold them off to the side it's so like yeah i'm cooking i can do whatever i think i want
3: yeah these are um, these are
2: these are for daddy these are, these are for me and my boy my uh <laughs> my neighbor um but yeah looking forward to trying that man so that'll do it for us on the 23 personnel podcast we will hit you with all the exciting and fun off season content. Uh, We'll hit you with some, some time off some breaks because we need some time off too sometimes. Uh, But baseball season's done frustrating. end, as it always is, if you're not winning the the championship, it's, it's never, it's never a fun way to end a season. Um, Got some, some, some pieces to look forward to for 2024 uh, and beyond with this team and just, you know, hope and, and, and count on, on the pieces to be, to be able to continue to develop and to get better. Um, so look forward to that. But for now we are, we're looking at the track team to finish out their season. Uh, and then all eyes on football, making the trip up to Cheyenne, Wyoming. And, uh, get that football season started. So, Michael, you got
3: anything else? That's it. That's it for me. All right. You've been great, it looked everybody.
2: Look like you were going to say something. Uh, if you haven't yet, go vote for, for us in the pod poll logo tournament. Uh, 23 Personnel versus Go Big Red podcast. That'll do it for us this week. For Michael, Um Spencer. We'll catch you guys next time.